Well, everyone understands Namaste. So let's do Namaste and welcome to episode ten of the Two Vegans. Um, welcome to our new listeners. Also, welcome to our existing listeners. If you are listening to us one more time. Yeah, and I hopefully you haven't been turned off by that intro. Hey, that was an amazing intro. What do you mean? This is episode ten. Already said that. <laughs> were harmed in the making of this podcast. This is episode 10. Your <laughs> anniversary? Yeah, can we can we actually find out what it is? But that's 10 years. Of oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of hopes for our friendship, but 10 years is maybe stretching it. What? I was just checking to see if you were listening to me. You seem to have tuned out at some point. Uh, I don't know what you're doing. Like, we've had the introduction thing at least five times. But hey, everybody. We've got a couple of interesting things to talk about today. We want to first talk about our first community event that was held during Ramadan. On the 2nd of June, we, we got together with Common Grounds to go and try out their vegan iftar with uh, with some of our listeners. And um, that was exciting, right? It was a, I think it was a really good event and we had a nice turnout. We met some... Vegan friends that we only knew online were able to put some faces on the names that we knew. Also had a couple of vegan curious people that came and tried out the iftar, which was pretty encouraging. We asked some of uh, the attendees to like just chat with us. So here's what Joy had to say. Um, my friend sent me um, a link onto our, we have a little WhatsApp group. And um, I was like, all right. And then she didn't show up. <laughs> so, so I brought my other friend with me, and um, she's vegan curious. The ice cream was amazing. I tried everything. I pretty much ate off of everyone's plate. The best dish was the, the starter with the smashed avocado and the pumpkin on top. It was really good. Yes, and I, and I really I tried everyone's. Even a person I didn't know next to me who did not finish his dessert, I uh, asked if I could eat some. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, and then she brought along uh, one of her friends who isn't vegan, but is calls herself vegan curious, which was interesting. My name is Natalia. My friend, she's vegan. And she said, oh, do you want to come for this vegan iftar? And I said, yes, of course, because that's, that's very interesting. That vegan food is a completely different world for me. And I was just curious. And then the food was really nice today. And I didn't try all the dishes, but whatever I ordered was perfect. The, um, the salad was really nice, and the dessert, yeah. Can, can I pick smoothie? Yeah. It was really delicious. The, the smoothie was super nice. Uh, berry, it, it, it's all the berries. I wouldn't say like there's something very special about vegan food. It's just food. It's just normal food. Like if you don't make a big deal out of it, it's just any any normal food like like what we used to eat. And we've also spoken to somebody who actually listens to our podcast. The two vegans. Well, I, I listen to them most mornings. I first came across them through a Facebook group. Yeah, I listened. It was quite fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, and so that's how I found out. This is for the first time we met our listener in person. Barring our friends and family, who <laughs> we forced the shit out of to listen to our podcast. Here's what Sandy had to say about the iftar. You can come and eat food without having to worry about you know, getting this out of it or this or changing it around or something. And it's really nice that, that so many more cafes and restaurants in Dubai now are offering vegan menus. I think it's fantastic. And uh, it's the way of the future. Hashtag food for our future. So that was really fun. It was really nice to catch up with everybody and kind of see everybody face to face. Heather, what did you think about the food? Yeah, I thought the food was really nice. I think they made a lot of efforts to have... Um 
different kind of options something that you don't see uh, in regular menus usually and uh, it was a nice three course iftar so pretty filling pretty filling um and the the best add on to the to the iftar was the smoothies i think their smoothies were brilliant the options that they had were amazing i've never had such good smoothies and i i'm not a big fan of coffee as you know i'm not at all a fan of coffee as you know shock horror gasp from our listeners <laughs> um, please don't judge me um but yeah their coffee smoothie i think was one of the best ones they had yeah it's called the uh, coffee and dreams with an espresso sorbet So yeah, we had a very good turnout. We had uh, good feedback from people and uh, definitely it's not going to be the the last one that we'll do. We're going to follow it up with some more events. Stay tuned to the by listeners. Yeah. We are coming for you. Yeah, yeah, so th- yeah, big thank you to everybody that that came, that, that wrote to us and, and stuff. Today we're we're going to do a little bit about uh, the environment, uh, specifically plastics. You know, we've kind of been talking Uh, a little bit offline a little bit of friends and just looking at stuff um actually kind of around the world right uh where there's a there's a movement that's gaining gaining a lot of momentum which is the banning of plastics a large part of this is the environmental impact of it right like we have this issue with with plastics and then the remains of plastic not being uh, biodegradable uh, not not easy to dispose filling up landfills being dumped in oceans but for us as well i mean when we when we talk about being vegan and, and looking and, and thinking about animal cruelty and stuff like that one of the direct impacts of plastic especially with the dumping in the oceans and stuff and is the impact it's having on animals i mean we keep seeing these very 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 sad pictures and videos of uh, you know animals in the ocean that come out uh, wrapped in plastic right in some way shape or form um and you know this is this is extremely disheartening but it was also sort of uh, very eye opening in the fact that you know we just think of a single straw that's in a drink or um you know whatever the plastic that come in a, on a six pack of cans or whatever drink you you fancy uh but then when you see a bird's head stuck in that uh kind of puts things in a very different perspective for us a couple of months ago right so in the first quarter of the year a lot of restaurants started taking up this mandate to try and reduce the number of plastics yes of course every individual should should do their bit but when the corporate and the government come together and do something it's it's on a much larger scale and the um the changes are much quicker so this year i guess uh, we saw a lot of companies and restaurants particularly in dubai uh going strawless mm-hmm. so i guess the first time i saw it was um Uh, with freedom pizza yeah. and the other day i was eating breakfast at natalie's in dubai sport city and they had um the table mat it was a paper table mat and it said that ask for going strawless like hashtag stop sucking yeah, that's, that's the hashtag that they're using and um then i was at fuchsia and then they all they had paper straws common grounds had paper straws so everywhere where we're seeing people are actually making an effort to reduce their plastic consumption especially single use plastic which is one of the biggest um contributors to the uh, environmental pollution i guess it's quite heartening to see that i mean uh, the amount of plastic that is consumed in this country particularly is huge and uh, i a little late in the day but i guess people are now more aware of what's happening and changes are being made so i guess that's that's brilliant and then followed by certain restaurants are now banning cutlery as well yeah so for example i mean uh, zomato which is uh, one of the popular directory apps and food ordering apps and stuff like that now has an option when you order food via zomato that you can actually send an instruction to the restaurant like a simple checkbox that says please don't send me cutlery and and this is great i think because it's it's something that sounds very simple like all these years like we've been ordering food uh from wherever and quite often we're eating it at home 
or at someone's house anyway um and invariably like we just bring these like you know we get these uh, unless you're sitting in a big group but like you get these plastic um the plastic spoon and and fork and knife that comes wrapped in plastic uh in and of itself right um and then it just like it just comes in a bag and we stack it on the side we never touch it right because we generally eat in our plates and our cutlery um and then we don't necessarily have use for um extra plastic knives and forks or whatever and then invariably either we collect them which is all right and then eventually we'll throw them right so this is kind of a good initiative i mean i have to add there though that like you know not all restaurants kind of adhere to it when when you send them this instruction and quite often i mean i think it's just part of the process where you know when they're packing the stuff and they're putting it together they just you know it's part of the system like pack this pack this pack this and add but still it's nice that like again when we talk about corporations and things doing it i mean we look at for example you mentioned common grounds and and doing their straw thing they actually have the hashtag on the straw that says i am not plastic right and if nothing else like even if someone is not aware a thankfully he's not contributing any further because when he drinks at 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 one of these restaurants or whatever he's not even indirectly without uh, without knowing but also when he sees that label on the thing when you mentioned uh, natalie's where it says so on the um you know on the mat and stuff you, you it it will incite the conversation right it will start the conversation be like oh what's this about or what's that about even if they do it like one day a week like so the the idea was like we're doing straw free fridays so on fridays we don't serve straws and i mean yes i mean you know when when you when we talk about like franchises and those large corporations even one day of reduction is it's like a day right like we switch off lights one day in the year which seems very small in terms of like the context of what we're doing but then that it creates this kind of movement at least a little bit which i think is is awesome yeah and i guess like i i i don't i don't get what is the use of straws anyway i mean why were they invented in the first place i do understand children need it when they're learning how to drink from glasses i do understand special needs people need it but i don't understand why adults who are completely capable of drinking from the glass or the cup need a straw i j- i just don't get it i think it's more of a um, i mean it's not even convenience you know what i mean i mean for a very long time i was using straws n- and never thought about do i really need it you know uh, okay cutlery yes when somebody sending me food i still get the concept behind it you know okay maybe i don't have i've just moved into a new home i don't have my cutlery or my kitchen in place and it helps it's handy um it's a good thing that zomato is now giving us a choice whether we want to uh, have plastic cutlery delivered but straws i've never been able to get and at some stage i when i was reading more like you said you know it's a movement it starts spreading and then i questioned myself and i was like Oh, why am I using a straw? So now I make a conscious effort to either tell him not to get me a straw, and even if if I forget about it, and if he brings me a straw wrapped in paper, I just put it back or give it back to them and say like, hey, I haven't used it, so maybe you want to reuse it. You're right about the straw thing. I think uh, I, I mean again, this is you know educated guessing, but like you know the invention of these like slushies and those kind of drinks that are a bit hard to like gulp down. uh off a cup i think that's where probably it started i mean we uh, at least i know when back in the us and stuff like you had these like big jugs of drinks right and then you needed a straw to do it and movies and stuff i think these are these were some of the use cases where uh you're sitting in a movie like it's a bit more precise than than drinking out of a cup so i think it just became a convenience thing and then it just became a habit thing perhaps uh but yeah i mean 
and and this is where i think i think with stuff like straws and things like that i mean these are there's these are it might seem like a small thing but it's something everybody can do right like you can refuse a straw uh, but I, i mean we're seeing more and more at least in dubai that like uh, a lot of places don't serve straws by default which is nice uh, a lot of places are not serving plastic straws anymore which is also nice um i think i've seen or i've at least have seen some conversation around doing reusable straws yeah metal straws supernatural kitchen uh, sells them yeah. yeah so there there are companies that are doing that as well um and then those become reusable at least then it's not plastic and it's not getting thrown away yeah and lately i was watching a video about this guy who runs a restaurant in um canada or the us i'm not sure he introduced um pasta straws Oh really? Yeah. yeah, dried pasta. I can see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's actually using those and he says that he's tried metal straws but they're expensive. He's tried paper straws but they're messy. Uh, obviously he wants to get rid of plastic so that's why he's doing all this. So he's like I tried a lot of other alternatives and the pasta straws work brilliantly well for me. Mm-hmm. Um and he's like they don't leave an aftertaste or whatever and people are just going and drinking and they're happy with it. So it's all about being creative i guess uh i mean we're seeing the same even with things like chopsticks right there there are i mean in fact that's i mean that this is this is where i think it's really funny when we talk about things like plastics and stuff like that is because th- th- this wasn't there like a decade ago maybe a little more than a decade ago but still i mean i think in this part of the world it was is not as widespread right as it was a decade ago um so y- you know there i've i've been to restaurants where like they the chopsticks that they have on the table are reusable ones they wash them and they bring them back out and it just it, it, it's it's part of the experience actually it's it's meant it was always meant to be like that but then again we go back to this thing where we're like okay we just want to make it easy to just give it away and and we don't want to deal with like washing it and disposing it and managing it and dealing with all of that there was also like a number of restaurants uh in in march again when the sort of movements really picked up so we had for example jumeirah group came out and said that they were going to ban plastic uh, especially single use plastic and stuff all over all of their restaurants right um Uh, it includes straws as well but then also things like stirrers and toothpicks and um, even some cutlery where where it was applicable when when you have a a chain like Jumeirah group come out and say that then that that makes such a huge difference as well yeah i think somebody that needs to jump on his bandwagon is um our coffee shops with their uh, coffee cups and it's it's very annoying because i go into starbucks asking for a drink and that's where your problem is and um Yeah, well, any any coffee shop for that matter really. I just I just I just had Starbucks because last time I was there. And I ordered a drink and I tell them specifically that it's not a takeaway. I am going to drink it over here and I still get the disposable ones. Just because they're lazy to wash and clean the uh, ceramic ones. Well, it also depends on if it's a hot drink or a cold drink. Why? Uh so uh, all the coffee shops here anyway, like if you serve, if you if you ask for a cold drink, they'll always serve it in a plastic cup. Why? Because it contains like ice and stuff and you can stir it easily. Yeah, I mean I would drink my I'd prefer drinking my iced tea in a glass, right? Like I mean if if I'm going out drinking at a bar and if I'm ordering a Long Island iced tea, he's not going to give it to me in a plastic cup because I can stir it. Saying that I'm not justifying it, I'm just saying that's where the the line is. So. That is exactly why I'm making this point that they need to start giving people ceramic cups. I have kind of like received um weird looks from servers as well really? when i've when i've gone there and i've told them uh, okay i'm going to i'm going to dine in here or i'm going to drink this here so please give me a ceramic cup and they've just looked at me like what how could you even ask for such a thing nobody's ever asked me for <laughs> such a thing and you know sometimes i i just don't want to carry it so i just spend like 10 15 minutes over there drink it just so that i don't uh, take the plastic back and throw it coffee shops please if you're listening <laughs> 
stop stop taking advantage of these uh, disposable cups and i've seen this i think it's a pretty standard thing in coffee shops here where like cold drinks are always served in a in the closed containers with so you can put a straw in and drink it and stuff like that compared to the hot ones but i've even seen them do it with the hot ones like i have had to specifically say let's just give it to me in a mug i just want a hot coffee i'm sitting right here um and they issue it in a cup in in a plastic cup um which by the way is not a fun experience to drink anyway like hot coffee in a plastic cup a lot of the malls we're seeing this in a lot of residence areas we're seeing this in a lot of like these sort of community areas like the the shopping places like we look at the city walks and whatever where you're starting to see like plastic uh disposal uh you know i mean plastic disposal points i mean in in the trash and stuff like that to separate out um the plastic in 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 terms of disposal when you're coming out of these restaurants you're coming out of these cafes and stuff like that which is a nice thing more work has to be done in just reducing the amount to begin with rather than finding better ways to dispose it as well oh another interesting thing so i was at lulu hypermarket in their checkout station they've got something called a green counter right so their checkout station i you when you go there there are no plastic bags available there yeah it's just not an option on those counters right why uh, when did they start this i don't know i saw it today oh okay <laughs> yeah, yeah i it must i was very fairly new there and i like that it's a better targeted approach right because then you know the people going there like the people who come in with these sort of reusable bags and you know i i find this really funny so like 10 years ago 12 years ago in the us um there was this movement to try and when plastic bags became really popular there right and so all the shops had started stacking it and stuff like that um and there was this huge sort of fight back coming from uh sort of the population at that time that awareness was had already begun to say like you know I want a, I prefer a paper bag and I want to take a paper bag home and thankfully not the case anymore but I used to see a lot of places that would put the paper bag inside the plastic bag and then give it to you which I uh, anyway this it was a long time ago like the banana wrapped in individual plastic every time Yeah that's what we need to talk about that too but um so you know but so there was already that clamor going on and I think uh when you look at this part of the world and w- which got sort of these larger chain like supermarkets much much later when all of these things had already been tried and tested they came with plastic bags like it, we didn't go through that transition right we didn't actually have paper bags first and then we got plastic bags they just went straight to plastic bags and so it just became this thing and I think a couple of years ago there was an attempt um I know Jean did it but like I all the, all the supermarkets introduced the reusable bags uh at a I think it was like 5 dirhams which is about a little over a dollar um to to buy the bag and then you can just bring it back and keep reusing it. If you didn't buy the bag, if you didn't have it or whatever else, um you know, you got served stuff in a plastic bag anyway with no cost. And so I think Jean was tried to do that where they introduced a fee for the, every plastic bag you took um as a way to deter people from taking too many plastic bags, but I don't think they actually ever really enforced it in a way. We were talking about this the other day too, right? Like especially when you look at places like India where we know this or our grandparents and stuff like that. Like bags were not something a shop ever gave you period like i mean i'm again not talking about the the big chain stores and stuff but i mean you know the your your local vegetable seller and your local um food and grains person or market or pharmacist whatever didn't give you any any anything to carry stuff in you carried in whatever you brought with you and it was very common practice for um i guess our grandparents and stuff to actually carry like reusable bags jute bags and cotton bags and these kind of things to the shops so that they could fill it up and bring the stuff back home the the look that you got from the shopkeeper had you dared ask him for one extra bag <laughs> yeah right if you like hey can i get a bag and he'd be like what no. are you talking about I, like, i don't have any i'm sorry no just no cuz we were we were used to growing up here and and used to getting bags everywhere and then you kind of walked into a supermarket being like all right this is what i got and they're like uh where's your bag to carry this stuff buddy yeah now like i i lived in india for a brief period of 7 years in mumbai and i remember my mom was like hey why don't you go down and get some milk or whatever 
<gasps> milk. Those, those days when I wasn't a vegan. Um, I would end up buying some more and I'd be like, hey, sorry, can I have one more bag? And he would be like, no. And I was like, but look, I have a lot of stuff in my hand. And he's like, yeah, figure it out. Just no. And I was like, dude, like, come on. What is wrong with you? It's just one more plastic bag. And now I appreciate that guy's existence so much. But at that time, I was like, what a douche, you know? It's right. Like, it seemed like he was unnecessarily sliding you for not having carried your own bag i mean again it's a bit anecdotally but i think even in india like I, all of this plastic stuff you saw it primarily in the big cities i mean in mumbai and stuff but not in so much the tier two cities but there you see it now when you know these chain stores have started coming up and then that became a thing but thankfully they're also looking at it and they also started charging for the bags now yeah it's a good deterrent to to stop people from from doing that but you know let's also talk about the the amount of plastic that gets used inside the supermarket. I can't get that image of the banana and the plastic out of my head and an apple in the plastic. I don't know if it happens in other countries and do let us know if it happens in yours. But in the UAE, um, at these convenience stores, we've got individual bananas wrapped in plastic. Why did God not think of protecting that banana by giving it to skin? Like we definitely need plastic to protect it from rotting away. Well, I think, yeah, I mean... <laughs> because nature hasn't taken care of that. You know, one, one thing I noticed, uh, so when I was in the US, we didn't have these um, measure the, the the weight of the vegetables and fruits like at the section of the vegetables and fruits we had it at at the at the checkout and i was just thinking about this the other day where you know when you walk into any of these supermarkets today especially here um, and they're kind of doing this weighing and labeling and weighing and labeling process that that happens in like full full speed um, and each bag is its own plastic bag wrapped sometimes double because the the size of the vegetable is such that it doesn't fit into the thing where you're buying like this tremendous cauliflower like some of us do and you can't pack it and so you use one plastic bag here and plastic bag here and they seal it with the label and all of this stuff and i was just thinking to myself like why why is that the process right i mean i understand from from the shop's point of view right like you pick up three bananas and and then you get it labeled but you don't have a bag or you don't have something that that contains it um you could potentially add three more bananas and walk out with the same label because the the checkout is only going to look at the label that's there and not the, the thing um so i understand why they seal it but then when you look at the a system where the stuff gets weighed at the checkout itself then this danger is kind of you know not there like i mean you're going to check out with the six bananas and they're going to wait right there and they're going to they don't even have to waste a label by the way because they can just punch it right into the thing and it's done right like they don't even have to issue the label i, I mean i'm guessing they want to try and make the lines more efficient because if there's weighing going on there it might be a bit harder or whatever but i've even seen when i went back to the u.s a couple of years ago i've even seen where they have the self-checkout you weigh the stuff right there and put it away uh, which seems like a another way to try and help reduce um, plastic bags and, and not just the plastic bags you take the food out in but also the plastic bags in which you wrap each every vegetable yeah and I'm, I'm just looking at the survey and it says that about one trillion bags are used around the world a year um, and um, the kind of pictures that we've seen on the internet where um, I, I saw this one video of a straw stuck into a turtle's nose and these um, guys who were in a boat, they rescued it and they spent quite a lot of time trying to remove that straw. It was stuck so deep inside. They had to use pliers and stuff to pull it out and the, the, his nose was bleeding. And then obviously they treated him and released him. But it's so sad. And, and why only marine animals? I mean, if you look at the cows on the streets in India who are no longer of use for producing milk or are not fit enough for slaughter and then they're just released in the streets to fend for themselves. Um, 
you find like tons of plastic in their digestive systems because they've consumed that out of hunger and it's appalling what we're doing to nature and what we're doing to the world and it's kind of um, heartening to see that we are recognizing it on a larger scale and trying to make the changes starting off with india maharashtra which is the state that has mumbai city in it has uh, recently banned plastic in the entire state very impressive um it is the 18th state that has now banned plastic in the country um and they're targeting mainly single use plastic so cutlery straws plastic bags food containers um pet bottles goodbye coca cola and pepsi dreams you're going down the drain like anything yeah they mostly use uh, glass bottles over there yeah especially in the in the non cities like so if you look at the smaller towns and tier 2 cities and all of that uh, primarily that's what i mean that was the case in mumbai when we grew up you just you just stack the glass put them back yeah. to the person and they refill it for you yeah and you just go on these um street side vendors and you ask them for a coke they give you a glass bottle you stand over there you finish it and you return it then and there itself and if you, in any case if you had to take it home then he would expect you to come back the next day and return it or would send his guy to collect all the bottles uh, this whole pretty like integrated thing because you know the you got some rebate when you returned the a series of glass bottles and then he got a rebate from coca-cola or whatever the distributor was on the chain to like return the bottle back and so it was extremely important for him to return the bottle and then equally important f- to collect it from you and kind of it became like this it's almost like this vat thing right like everybody's a tax collector so like everybody wants to ensure that everybody uh, below him in the chain make sure that we do it and uh, i think it was an, i mean it used to be annoying when we were kids but now you look back and you're like actually that was a good less wasted system yeah now now that you're looking at it in terms of plastic bags and pet bottles like india was doing stuff that needs to be done now in the world 20 years ago and we were then forced by consumerism to start doing things that people are doing now that that we're not supposed to do it's also created a tremendous amount of outrage as you see this conversation and i i mean you know my my take on that is the same that i had last time which is if something is incorrectly being done whether you look at it incorrect illegal or morally wrong even um then you stop doing that like the, the goal has to be to stop doing that not to say that well 10 jobs are going to be lost because of this therefore we're just going to hold out um and let the rest of the earth suffer and the environment suffer and our future generations suffer and all that fun stuff and then look at who's being displaced and and deal with that of course you have to deal with that and of course uh, i think the the government as, as well has to take some steps to help out and sort of help set up the other industries the cloth bag industries and stuff like that um but but there's potential right for a whole new market to grow anyway i mean you look at especially in india where you have cloth bags and jute bags and all this but the demand for this is going to increase in a state like this so it's very important for us to stop our water boundary in everything that we uh, if if the government is trying to bring a change um I guess people must learn to accept it try and understand the reason behind the change before protesting against it and uh, if a plastic factory is closed it would probably be replaced by a don't know bamboo factory for that matter and those people could get a job again so yes it is a little bit of a shift and it is inconvenient but it is not difficult and it's definitely not impossible uh, and people need to learn to appreciate these things because that's how you bring change and change is not always easy so yeah sometimes it has to be drastic i mean you look at is you you know the numbers you talked about you know you can't suddenly say like all right well a year from now like we'll do this because that that's 
that's a trillion bags that that will you know be entering into the system and somewhere you need to like sort of pull the plug a little bit more harshly then yeah and it's probably going to take us another 15 20 years to clean the mess that we've made if at all we're going in that right direction right it's not going to happen like overnight plastic bag takes about 450 years to biodegrade this is not saying that like we shouldn't look at the implementation of these things we should look at the scalability of some of this stuff and try to see how we can make that better i think with some of this stuff i mean you know you you kind of have to put your foot down somewhere and so i think it's important to look at that intent and say okay this needed to be done regardless let's figure out how we can make the rest of it work and to give people a perspective on what happens when you start this change ireland reduced their plastic bag consumption by 90% which is over 1 billion bags between 2001 and 2011 just by imposing a minor plastic bag tax of 37 cents it did take them 10 years because that's how long it takes to clean this mess and maybe more for a country like india but yeah it is possible it is um it's it's completely non negotiable like i don't see i don't i don't even want to weigh down any particular reason of not having this in place another example comes from our favorite company mcdonalds are you excited about this yeah. are you excited are you excited as of september 2018 mcdonalds in the uk no more plastic straws and mcdonalds in the uk uses 1.8 million straws a day a day we've mentioned mcdonalds i think the most on this podcast as a restaurant and i think that that's very interesting to me personally because i'm opposed to what mcdonalds does right on principle no but this is actually interesting i didn't realize this hilton hotels vowed to ban plastic by end of 2018 Uh, and an estimated 25 million single use plastic items a year will be removed from hotels across Middle East, Europe and Africa. Uh so Anantara and Avani hotels uh like their Asia properties have already stopped using plastic straws and then the UAE properties will join this. Wow, again. what is happening, man? No, it's it is actually I think it's a, it's a huge movement. I think some of the some of the places are doing it out of a real conscience of like actually understanding the impact here's another example that that came out here was the noodle house uh, removed plastic straws earlier this year as well they have 380,000 straws entering landfills uh, every year and so i think i think it's part good pr it's partly it's also sort of the you know the governments and stuff sort of actively promoting these these use cases and trying to get these companies on board to join them in these initiatives and we've seen that in india and and, and other countries um and then you have i think also the the people right i mean you have companies that whatever their motivations are they're very in tune with feedback and they actually listen we've seen this grow in the age of social media in particular and i think that like no company wants to lose themselves right i mean how many people do we know like in our circles around us that actually think about plastic bags i mean there are quite a few of them right like they who kind of talk about it all the time talk about carrying um you know these reusable bags and stuff like that i mean they they do that and so i think um that's also making its sort of impact uh, maybe not so much applicable here but you see this like you know people start like you said people put taxes on plastics importing plastics and stuff so it actually starts to become expensive for restaurants and hotels and so when an alternative comes in and as soon as an alternative is available they'll they, you know obviously they'll jump on it and if you're still not convinced about why you should stop or reduce your plastic usage do it for your own health because um i guess plastic eventually returns in our food chain with all the microplastics in it and all the fibers that come off it and you're eventually ingesting it yourself um so um yeah it's not only good for the environment for the marine animals but it's also good for you that you stay away from plastic look for alternatives in your nearest city in your country um in your neighborhood try switching to um 
environmental friendly biodegradable alternatives so we've been talking about plastics on this episode and i think there's a lot of good stuff that's happening um we are super fortunate in fact to bring you interesting information coming from the european union you'll be hearing now from jody quirk um, who has worked with the European Commission since 2014. He's a legal and policy officer with the Sustainable Chemicals Unit in the Directorate General of the Environment for the European Commission, part of the EU. So we had a chance to ask him a bunch of questions around the stuff that the EU is doing, but also in terms of what some of the challenges are. So to begin with, uh, you know, we asked him what the current threat is in terms of plastic usage. I mean, you know, what are some of the stats like? What are the numbers that, that the European Union is dealing with? Currently, 5 to 13 million tonnes of plastic end up in the oceans every single year. 80% of marine litter is plastic. Around 50% of marine litter is plastic that is only used once, um, what is referred to as single-use plastic. Even more alarming, if the current business-as-usual scenario continues, there will be more plastic than fish in the ocean by 2050. Regarding the situation in the EU itself, uh, the reality is that there's quite a low amount of plastic recycling currently done in the EU. Only 30% of plastic waste in Europe is currently recycled. Um, in addition, 95% of the value of plastic packaging, over 100 billion euro to the economy, that is lost to the economy every year. Another important point in this plastic story is the global situation. And quite recently, um, in, in 2017, China has um, introduced a ban on the import of plastic waste. This um, affects a lot of different countries and parties, including the EU, because up to 60% of EU plastic waste had previously been sent um, to China um, to be treated. And this now needs to be dealt with in other ways. You know, those are honestly, they're, those are some scary stats, aren't they? So we also asked him about the initiatives in terms of what the EU is doing. And I think it's something that is really interesting in terms of policy and, and direction, um, you know, in terms of trying to take care of the manufacturing end of, of plastics. And then also looking at some of the things that um, the EU is doing in terms of discouraging people from using plastics. The European Commission published a plan which is called the Circular Economy Action Plan, which included among the different actions the development of a plastic strategy to combat these challenges caused by uh, the current use of plastics. This was prepared in 2016 and 2017 and was then published this year in January. It's important to note that this plastic strategy does not ban plastics and it's not an anti-plastic strategy. Instead, the strategy recognizes the good that um, plastic can do if it's properly used and properly harnessed and the intention of the strategy is to put in place the right uh, facilities to harness the benefits uh, that plastic can have and remove the harmful effects and results as much as possible. So the EU's plastic strategy is based around um, four main 
uh, themes or objectives. Firstly, to improve the economics and quality of plastics recycling. Secondly, to curb plastic waste and littering. Thirdly, to drive investments and innovation towards circular economy solutions. And fourthly, to harness and inspire further global action. These steps will only be achieved if you have the right economic incentives and that there is a need for investment in both infrastructure and innovation. All players are involved, both um, on in industry and the value chain, but not only um, business, but also civil society and the scientific community, uh, non-governmental organizations and local authorities. The plastic strategy itself, it contains a list of actions and tools that are intended to provide the necessary support to improve the underdeveloped market for recycled plastics in the EU. EU funds will continue to support research to uh, close the knowledge gaps and help to find innovative uh, solutions and investments to upgrade the infrastructure across the EU. The targets that the plastic strategy set are that by 2030, all plastic packaging is recyclable. More than 50% of plastic waste is recycled and that sorting and recycling capacity is quadrupled compared to 2015 levels. And the hope is that the, this has the potential to create an extra 200,000 jobs. Uh, the Commission is also planning regulatory action to tackle the particular issue of microplastics, single-use plastics and fishing gear, because they can fragment if they are not properly disposed of. And what the Commission is considering doing is to draft um, legislative measures to ban or, or restrict the intentional addition of microplastics in products. For example, um, they are currently intentionally added to cosmetics or detergents or paints on the basis of work that is being carried out in the EU by the European Chemicals Agency. And finally, uh, Jody also shared with us um, the kind of efforts they're making in terms of removing plastic altogether. As I mentioned earlier, one of the main objectives of the plastic strategy is to try and harness efforts at a global level as well. And the EU thinks that um, this can be achieved under the 12th goal of the uh, UN Sustainable Development Goals, which is to ensure sustainable consumption and uh, production patterns. And the EU is involved in work both at uh, G20 uh, and also the United Nations Environmental Assembly and is supporting waste management around the world uh, with a focus on on Asia and also uh, the Mediterranean regions. We think that the EU plastic strategy um, from this year will be an important uh, stepping stone towards that aim. Um, thank you very much for um, listening to me and uh, I look forward to uh, talking to you again in the future. A special thanks to Jody who shared a ton of insight um, with us on this episode. As always, uh, we'd like to tell our listeners how they can subscribe to us. 
So you can find us on the podcast player of your choice and you can also look us up on Google. We're called The Two Vegans. Uh, look us up on Instagram, the.2.vegans. We're also on Twitter uh, and our handle is The Two Vegans and also on Facebook. Please talk us. Please let us know about any of the plastic stories that you'd like to share from your country. Excellent. You can find more information about the show, show notes and other things by visiting our website at amaya.fm slash two vegans. And uh, keep on keeping on. Ciao. Dun, 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 dun. Dun.